What's the latest, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the In the Paint Show presented by Ball is Life. A couple days ago, I had the guest host Maddie Kay in here talking about the Hoops by Ugland Falls showcase. And at the end of that, I told you we'd see you next week. But emergency podcast calls for emergency guest. And we brought in the man, the myth, the legend, the elite trainer in the Southern California area and beyond, AJ Gaspora. AJ Gaspora, welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for having me, Dev. That might be the nicest comment that you've ever given me. Let's let's get into that. Let's before we start and get into the topic, which is um, Triple B's getting countersued by Alan Foster, um, it, the former business partner who helped you know Lavar and the family kind of start the start the brand and help them you know navigate all the the beginnings and ended up uh, you know embezzling money according to the Ball family. Now Alan is saying that Lavar was the one embezzling the money. We're gonna get into it's that crazy. later, but. Let's first address the fact that people think that we hate each other, and it's fantastic. <laughs> it is. I, I always try to think back of like how this actually started, where we just started bashing each other yeah. on Twitter, social media, and then in in public. You know, when we're out watching basketball games, you know, or at your at your events, and everybody just always comes up to me and they're like, "Dude, like Devin really hates you," and like vice versa. And I'm like. Dude, I hate that guy so much. Right. Like I just go with the show. It's like a every, game now. It, it really is. And 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 in the back, like we'll I, I mean, we always just joke about it like as soon as we're done because we'll we'll both text each other or like we'll call each other like, yo, like so and so was saying this and you know that, like, bro, like they just hate each other and like no one knows that, you know, we had dinners together right. at, at oh, your yeah. at your place, you yeah. know. We shit, we used to go uh shoot hoops in the morning, yep. you know. <laughs> Twenty four hour fitness, little little thousand shots a day, five hundred shots a day. Uh, but yeah, shout it's out funny. to M Grads for the left hand layup challenge. Right. It's funny because uh, you know, you're even your your some of your kids who don't know me, like your fre- incoming freshmen, you have two incoming freshmen who are like, dude. Devin's always hating on you. Like he hates you. He's always talking shit. But like Preston, Jeremiah, and all those guys know that's just how we are. And Deshaun, same thing. Like in the group chat, we always give each other a hard time. I guess it's more of a thing where we kind of want to keep each other grounded to a point where everyone is gassing you up. You need someone to bring you down, right? <laughs> you are, I mean, that's what I do. You are definitely my anchor, you know, from, <laughs> from from keeping me from going into the clouds. You know, that's why I was so surprised about this podcast. I was like. Oh man, I must have been like the tenth option for for today. Let me think. So Ronnie's in Vegas, and we're gonna bring Ronnie on to get his thoughts here soon. Um, Maddie K lives in Ranch Cucamonga, so he's not gonna be able to make it. Um, Frankie Burr, I'm not gonna waste his time. Um, he's busy writing reports, you know, being important and all that. Joel's at school, so what are we we have four now, five. Uh, <laughs> Deshaun Deshaun's too quiet. Um, you know. You're probably like the sixth option, but I'll I appreciate you coming off the bench. I'll take yeah, it. I appreciate you coming in, being the sixth man. Um, give us a little background on yourself, AJ, for people who don't know you. Uh, what are you all about? Uh, you know, just you know, I, I'm from Southern California. Played my high school ball at Artesia. Um, went to JUCO for one year at Citrus College, and then transferred to University of Texas San Antonio after that, and then finished my ball at um, Concordia and Cal State San Marcos. Yes, I am. A little bit of a gypsy. That's a lot of stops, baby. You know, I like it. I mean, you know, I, I I guess I like a challenge. Yeah, for sure. And everything. And then, you know, I played a few years down in Mexico professionally. And um, now I just spend my time coaching at Fountain Valley High School. And, you know, I've had the privilege and, and the pleasure of training a lot of kids um, in both high school and that are now in college. Yep. And everything. Some that are pro now. 
Some like that Kyle, are, Kyle Allman from Fullerton, Khalil Ahmad. Yeah, Khalil Ahmad, um, Eugene Phelps. Uh, Long Beach State. Yeah, Long Beach State is playing in the Philippines, you know, and a, a few other guys. And, you know, it's it's, it's a great road. You know, I've, I've, no I've, I've, I've loved it. Fountain Valley High School, you were the you were the uh, JV Sunset League Coach of the Year last year. Am I right? Jesus, <laughs> undefeated <laughs> league championship. My guy AJ just knows how to coach up the JV squad. Um, eventually, one day, are you planning on running your own program or no? Uh, we'll High see. School-wise. We'll see. Too you much know, of a time commitment. I don't know if it's that. You know, it's basically you know right place, right time. Yeah. You know, it, it's all about a good fit for me. Yeah. You know, and I'm just enjoying being able to, uh, you know, coach coach at Fountain Valley with those kids you know I do help out with all levels and uh then having the freedom of being able to go and watch other teams play you know other my other kids that I do train uh play and stuff like that and you know the, the things that Deshaun tells me about and then other yeah. head coaches tell me about right I'm just not it's ready tough. for those not headaches. ready for that yet <laughs> not ready for those headaches just no, yet. I feel you I feel you um speaking of headaches there's quite a big headache surrounding the triple B's these days um Lonzo's in New Orleans now so I feel like maybe at a Southern California national levels Lakers scale, it's not quite as as big Definitely. as it would have been maybe if Lonzo with the Lakers. But again, so as everyone probably knows already, um, big baller brand Lonzo and, and Lavar filed a lawsuit against his former business partner Alan Foster months ago, um, alleging that he uh, embezzled multi million dollars from them and you know tried to know funnel that money into assets and overseas whatever it might be um yeah someone said in one article said ethiopia ethiopia i'm not sure what's in (laughs) ethiopia but maybe it's somewhere to you know launder your money but anyways moving on to the latest bombshell slash drama which seems to follow these guys everywhere alan foster filed his own suit um alleging that lavar was the one embezzling the money, which 2.5 to 2.6 million are kind of the numbers that we're seeing right now. Yeah. Um, Foster says that um, he was covering you know, living expenses, um, loaned LeVar hundreds of thousands of dollars to, you know, get the company off the, off the ground in the beginning. He uh, brokered an $80,000 sale of Lonzo's college uniforms. And then the proceeds of that went to a down payment for Lonzo's, uh, you know, impressive and, high-class G-Wagon, um, mm-hmm. which he was driving around in. And uh, I guess Alan is also saying that Lonzo and LeVar asked if he would rent an apartment for or a condo or an apartment for Lonzo while he was at UCLA because he didn't like the dorm living quarters, uh, pay for his personal trainer, um, get you know furnish the house, laptops, whatever they might need, and Lonzo's food bills because he didn't like the... The uh, meal plan at UCLA. It's kind of hard to believe. I this mean. is yeah. This is a lot. <laughs> this is a lot of things to kind of unpack here. Um, it's not. It's not surprising in the least that this came out to me, because again, if you're Alan Foster and you're um, you know being, you know dragged through the mud by this family by Lavar whomever in, in a lawsuit, you're gonna do whatever it takes to kind of get your name out of the mud, right? For sure. Whether it's you as like a as like a trainer and another trainer saying, "Oh, AJ's." shit's trash like, yeah <laughs> he, he can't train his his methods are horrible come train with me you're gonna defend yourself for sure so this is where we're at now with him defending himself um aj you've been around the game a long time you've seen a lot of people come and go you've played with guys like james harden renardo sydney um you know guys who ended up making it when they shouldn't have james harden according to some people yep and guys who didn't make it when they should have renardo sydney yep am i right yep um what's your just original overall thought of how this is kind of how this is 
played out and your feelings towards, you know, especially like the kids, Lonzo, Melo, and Jello, and how, how this is impacting them? You know, um, I'll just start with the kid part, yeah. you know, because, you know, they're just focused on hooping. You know, they're, that's, should be. that's their love. And, and I was actually refing them back when they were little kids up in okay. Upland in a, in, a weekland, in a weekend league. And I just saw them from the beginning. And you're just like, man, these kids are going to be good and everything. I mean, Lonzo's trying to dunk the ball at like 13. Mm-hmm. And his, you know, his grandparents, the whole, the whole family's always been there, which is crazy support. And just to see this all unfold and for for Lonzo, who's in the NBA and, you know, is making his money off of his salary and whatever other little endorsements he has. And, you know, he's trying to create a big baller brand for his family, you know, to, to, you know, benefit off his likeness, which, you know, at the beginning, the big baller brand, you know, everybody loved it. Yeah, sure. Everybody was into it. You know, even the shoes that sold for what, like four or five hundred bucks, like people bought them. They actually bought them. Yeah. And and, you know, he he had lines waiting for him. You know, everybody. It was just it it was just it was just nice to see what LeVar and I guess the the whole family had kind of, you know, created back when they were kids. Sure. Just to come into fruition. You're just everybody was just rooting for him. You know, I mean, they had haters and everything, of course, going against the grain and all that. But everybody that actually paid attention to it they're like man i love it and then to see it all fall apart you know now lonzo has to go through all these stresses yep you on know, top of being uh, an nba player who hasn't lived up to the number number two overall pick right exactly like you know he he's getting he's getting dragged through the mud himself you know especially you know we'll say with the whole De'Aaron fox thing sure you know like he, he people are just comparing how other players that were drafted after him and all this other stuff you know are just doing so well and you know where's lonzo at when lonzo really i think you know Especially his rookie year, he didn't have that bad of a year. No, you know, in his last year, he was a little hurt and everything. But you know, he's we all know, we've all the ones that are the people that have live in Southern California. We've seen him play since he was in high school. Right. So we know what he can do. Right. You know, we saw him play at UCLA. We've seen him more than ever. Like you know, this kid still got it. And you're just kind of still rooting for him. Um, but it's just sad to see. You know, um, it's just it's just tough. No, you know? I'm with, I hear you, and it's it's interesting you say like everyone was rooting for them because it seemed like a. A family type of, of atmosphere, a thing that they they all you know came together to, uh, you know, launch this brand and kind of help the family. Like, I mean, they have a, they have a marketable family. Yeah, definitely. They, they all have different kind of personalities. Lavar is obviously the massive personality. Grandparents are both sets of grandparents are heavily involved. Um, nice people. Um, the mom, you know, she's she's yeah. quiet and everything, and but you know, she was, she was quiet then, but yeah, I mean, yeah, for she, sure, she obviously you know, but she was a hooper. She was. And so, you know, she still knows what she's talking about and all that other oh, stuff. Oh, no doubt. And, and she coached them back in the day. Exactly. She coached them. Yeah, she used to yell at me, too. Yeah, she know? coached the QJZ or whatever they called themselves all that back stuff. then. So, you know, then then you got the kids who all who all have their own, like, different types of personalities, yeah. you know, their own different, you know, Lonzo's into rapping on the side, you know, uh, Melo's kind of the goofy one, you know, yeah. and Jello's kind of like, you know, a little suave one. Right. And everything like that. So, you know, it, it, made, it made for great entertainment. It was supposed to work. It, it seemed like it was going to work, but I don't think we knew that um, what was going on behind the scenes, the involvement of Alan, um, all the different you know people pulling in whichever direction. And with that being said, we have someone pulling me in a direction, which is Ronnie Flores on the line. Ronnie, we got you. Hi, guys. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. we got you right now. Ronnie Flores joining us from um, which – never mind. I'm, I'm not even going to go there because <laughs> I'm not going to go there because – there's children listening, and I'm not going there. But Ronnie, we, AJ, and I were just talking about kind of the the beginning of the the big baller brand and how it seemed like, you know, from the an outsider's perspective, that it was kind of like a family uh, uh, 
owned family uh, thought of company, but we didn't know what was going on behind the scenes. And now we, now we are seeing what exactly was going on behind the scenes. Yeah. It's, um, you know, something always new seems to be coming out with that, you know, story. And obviously when Alonzo or slash LeVar said he was going to sue, um, Alan Foster, it only made sense to me that I said, okay, at some point, Alan's going to counter suit. I mean, it, it, how else would somebody who's been accused of that deal with what he's been accused of? Especially when it's neither one of them have a lot of experience running multi-million dollar businesses. You know, and they didn't have nobody, whether it's Lonzo, Alan, or LeVar, neither one that have experience running a company that they're trying to grow to that magnitude. Right. So when one sues the other, you know what the other's going to do. Right. I mean... That, 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 so that's not a you know very big um, surprise. That, yeah, that there. wasn't a bombshell. I think the no. yeah, I think the bombshell is um, kind of everything that Alan's saying that he paid for, uh, whether it was Lonzo living off campus at UCLA or sure. paying for his food and bills, paying for the trainer, all these different things that we were, you know, thinking like, oh, okay, you know, Lonzo's living on campus at UCLA, you know, maybe he's got some some money where he's able to to take from um what he what what like the signings and all that stuff but this is a little different and his parents yeah his, his parents, parents yeah his parents made it yeah this is a little different. making some money obviously the natural reaction is he's going to give some of it to lonzo yeah yeah right i mean he's in control quote-unquote control of the company with alan they're making the decisions now obviously lonzo is traveling with the usla basketball team he's going to class he's getting ready for the draft there's no way a 19 20 year old is looking at all the details of a, a business that's trying to grow into a seven-figure business. It's just, how could he? Right. What, what else he has going on? Right. You know what I mean? Of course he could, but that's not his focus. Right. There's he, just no way it was his focus. He clearly trusted LeVar and yeah. Alan to take care of the business the way that it was sure. supposed to be taken care of. But, um, again, you're dealing with uh, – I mean, Alan was obviously a criminal that came into – you know, he came out of prison and immediately met the Ball family soon after, Right. Sure. I mean, yeah, that's a red flag there. There's a few few red flags here uh, on many fronts, but that one's a a big red flag. So you go into business again, somebody who doesn't have the acumen or background, you just hire a guy. And I understand that sometimes that could happen. And you, you meet people, you trust people, you know, you, maybe they're from a certain uh, background of, of where they lived when they were younger. Maybe they have some mutual friends. I get that that's happened in many situations but again many people don't have a son who just became the number two pick of the draft so you got to take the precautions that kind of thing and obviously that wasn't done in this case right so when you read the stories coming out uh whether it was uh the one we first reported on the blast i literally have never heard of that media company before uh yesterday when all that dropped but when you when you read you know all these details um what's your initial thought and I want, I want to get your perspective of uh, what how your feelings for the kids involved, whether it's Lonzo, Jello, and Mello. Yeah, I think um, I have a few, three, like, main things that yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that, you know, based on that. And just what I know from going forward from seeing them as a young kid to, to today, obviously they're almost all young adults now. Mello's just turning 18 or whatnot. So I think the first, the first thing is, uh, you know, you're putting – Man, I mean, the Lonzo's trying to make the NBA stay in the NBA. Right. So you got, like, he's already been traded. So some of your 
the uh, you know the braggadocio, some of the you know stopping into the into the rooms is kind of already deflated. Sure. Even if none of this happened, because you were the number two pick in your hometown, they picked you over some pretty good players in the in the draft, and and it already didn't quote unquote didn't work. Right. They've already moved on to you know try to win with LeBron with another uh, other groups of players, so that has to kind of hurt because you're in your hometown, so you don't know how. The brand would have done with him in New Orleans. Maybe it would have done good. Maybe him and Zion would have yeah. teamed up and done it. You just don't know. But that that kind of hurts because Lavar. I mean, I'm sorry. Lonzo has to concentrate on being a good and competitive pro. Being healthy. And as, as, yeah, and as AJ would see in those videos, he's still, still shooting the ball from his stomach. So there's still work to be done. You know what I mean? Like we've seen the videos recently of him, and he's still a work in progress, yeah. like yeah. any young player is. You know, he's obviously under the microscope, unlike other players. So I think that's tough. You know, uh, that's one of the reactions you're seeing because you want Lonzo to have the career, the the potential that he could have. You want him to live up to that, regardless of whether he has a business on the side or not. You know, you want to see him do good. And for this, Mallow, this has got to be eye-opening for Mallow because obviously he's, we've talked about on the previous podcast quite a bit of them, you know, brand image likeness, how the NCAA is changing. You know, Melo's one of those guys that has a huge likeness brand value. So this has got to be an eye-opening for a young guy like him. Like, whoa, you know, this is serious. Again, you don't know where he fits in. You don't know what Lonzo's tying him in, in behind closed doors. You don't know what LeVar's tying him or Dell's tying him behind closed doors. But he's definitely seen and he's definitely seen the whole thing uh, play out, and that's got to be an eye-opening for him. So you think about those guys, then you don't want to forget about Jallo, you know? The thing about Jallo is, like, he has, and Jallo brings in a good uh, segment to my second main point, is you, you, you Jallo got removed from UCLA. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, it wasn't his doing completely. Obviously, his dad had a big say in that. So right, he got, yeah, point. he got suspended by UCLA, but again, LeBar was right. the one who made the, the choice to pull him out of the school. Correct. Pull him out of, completely out of the school. Right. So that goes back to my second point where I was bringing up is the management of the brand to grow it and the management of his sons. You know, for ever since going to any events, we could go back to when they were in junior high with Lonzo going into high school. You see that LeVar has been there the whole time. He's always at the event, whether it's Ron Massey, whether it's a high school game, whether it's a summer league game, whether it's, uh, you know, QJZ, he's always there. <laughs> yeah. So he's managing it. He's managing who they play for. Yep. He's managing how much they play. Right. Yep. Someone even go to say he's trying to manage how many minutes they're playing for Chino Hills. Sure. How many? Who's playing? Who's playing with them? Yeah. Who was the who's guest? Playing with them, right. Who's playing with them in the high school and the travel team? And he orchestrated. So he orchestrated some of those transfers that came into Chino Hills. Definitely. Correct. So he's he's been in control of the whole thing from the beginning as much as he a dad or, or somebody can be, who you know has influence and of all three of them. So he's kind of micromanaged their careers. So now he comes into a step where Lonzo has the ability to help him even make more money on the side if everything was going right in addition to Lonzo's salary. And is you know, so now, now you get worse. Now this is based on ESPN story that La, uh, LeVar got some notice that, Hey, you got to read this email. Something's not right here with Allen. So for all the data and all the, all the evidence we have pointing up to that, he's been micromanaging. Mm-hmm. Now when we come to this stage, he conveniently doesn't read the email for a few months. He conveniently, now he doesn't know what's going on. Right. Yeah. That's a big, sta- that's a big statement right there of what, uh, you know, what has transpired to today. Like, 
All the evidence has pointed he's been on top of it. He's been micromanaging his sons. He's been trying to help them get to where they want to go. But yet when it comes to this big financial aspect, now all of a sudden he got duped. Yeah. Has anybody yeah. ever duped them in the gym before? Has, has uh, Chino Hills ever felt they ever duped them? Or uh, uh, event, event operator? No. Oh, no, probably not. Probably not. So, you know, that's a big, that's a big statement to what, Alan is saying, and we've seen it all, all three of us, AJ, I know you're listening, and, and we're listening to what I'm saying, and, and Devin, you've seen it as well. At American Sports Complex, we see the three brothers pull up in, you know, 80,000, 100,000 plus cars. Yeah, that was that was kind of that so, day, that was kind of the day when I was like, when they pulled up to ASC with all three of them with $100,000 cars, I was like, okay, this is getting a little bit different. Just a little, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah this could be, okay, What's where's this money going that they're making, right. that they're getting a loan from, you know, we don't know if it's uh, like, you know, predatory loans for people that are not a young athlete like Lonzo who has a lot of money or, you know, guys that don't have an experience with that. You know, what is the details of this? This is, doesn't seem like, okay, is Lonzo, you know, is is Facebook and other entities giving LeVar this much money or is now Lonzo in essence, quote unquote, dipping into his own salary and own money. Yeah. Down the line. Cause that was a couple of years. That was a year before he even got drafted. Yeah. Yeah, so it's correct. You know, again, people may be loaning Lonzo and or LeVar uh, money, you know, based on what Lonzo would earn, especially is, is coming into a Lakers. Like, right, you know, right. You know, that's not like the Lakers check is going to bounce. You know, so, I mean, you know, he's going to, he's, he's, he's good for it. He's good for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, you know, like that's the state, the same on the street. Oh, he's good for it. Yeah. He's good. You know, AJ's good for it. Oh, so-and-so's good for it. You know what I mean? Like that has a lot of weight. So, yeah, you know, that that's the second point. And I guess the third point, and maybe, Devin, you, you can kind of chime in a little bit on this, is, uh, you know, when you have a company, obviously, from what we know, it's split at least in threes. Allen has some stake in it. LeVar, S slash Tina, yep. which is, quote, unquote, the family. And right. Lonzo has right. stake in it. Yeah. So based on what we know, Lonzo, like you said earlier, Devin, is, has other priorities. Um. You know, is LeVar taking a, a big baller brand salary? Is Allen in charge of, you know, uh, giving Lonzo a stipend on her salary and and, La- and LeVar a salary? Mm-hmm. Or is it Lonzo that's in charge of giving Allen a salary and and, Le- and Lonzo a certain, you know, a title or maybe even Jello a salary or wh- whoever else is, quote unquote, on the payroll? That's yeah. what we don't know. No. Who's in control of what and you know, we've seen this. I know Devin that your your father and, and I has dealt with like trusts and, mm-hmm. and businesses before, and I have. I'm learning a little bit about too. What you have a fiduciary duty. So whoever's in charge has a fiduciary duty to run a company straight. So like if me, you, and AJ went in on a company, I would have a duty to, you know, charge things and expenses with you two in mind, right. and you and you as well would have you know AJ a fiduciary duty to AJ and me. So I can't say, hey guys, I uh, I paid Jello, uh, you know, forty thousand dollars to clean some windows. Like that's not, you, you know, you could be <laughs> if a, if to do to do some chores at the house. Huh. Yeah, correct. You right. can't pay somebody above the the value of what you can hire another buddy to do it. You're not supposed to. You're not supposed duty. to. Yeah. But yeah, right. Correct. Yeah, that's that's what fiduciary duty is. Yeah. You can't say I'm paying quote. You know, again, this is just an example. You're not paying Mallow thirty thousand dollars to back up the cars in the driveway. And say he's a valet for the company. You know, you, you uh, again, you under <laughs> cars at the driveway valet for the company. Yeah, that's under, good. Yeah, under yeah. under law, you could be 
in trouble for that. Yeah. You know, if a lawyer comes in and says, hey, that, that's not right. You can't, you can't do that when you're running a business. Or you can potentially get in trouble, especially if you have a lawyer who's now going to peek into every single detail of, yeah. of the transaction. The books, so yeah, think, the books are wide open now, man. Yeah, so that, those are the three main things I wanted to bring up. You know, and, and kind of what I got out of, like you said, what's happened in the last 24 hours. And, and you just don't know where that, you know, that last part I said, where, where the, the true facts are is, is you know, is uh, LeVar paying himself a salary? Is he saying, no, I don't need a salary. This is my me and my son's company. I'll pay Alan a certain amount. Or is Alan in charge of giving, you know, LeVar, uh, you know, some finances and, and him himself? What is he paying himself? Well, As well, we've seen in many, in many disputes, uh, especially in California, you know, you – what does somebody pay themselves, whether it's a tear cake taker of a family member yeah. to run a business? It can get very tricky, Devin, as me and you both know. For sure. And I think all this stuff coming out now with the lawsuits going both ways, it's very clear that they had no idea who was supposed to pay who, who was getting yeah. what, how this was actually supposed to be broken up, who was yeah. the CEO, who was the whatever, who was this, who was financial that. Financial officer. Yeah, who yeah. was yeah. the chief financial officer of officer. this business? Who was, was spending this, what on what? Yeah, who, was this even a business? Like, I remember um, the Better Business Bureau, no no pun intended with the BBBs, but they came out and gave them an F, F. rating, right? <laughs> that, am F. I right? After, nah, like, the, right. the shoes failed to ship or, like, the online Poor quality, wasn't working or stuff Months like delayed, that. all that stuff. Um, so, I mean, none of this comes as a surprise. But, Ronnie, how do we, how, how do we see this ending? What's your, what's your thought on this? Wow, you know it's a loaded question, obviously, <laughs> yeah. and I, I think it it's again you you live by the sword, you die by the sword. So if you're bravado and you your 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 life and what your decisions are in public and they're and 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 they're quote unquote good ones, obviously you know starting a travel team, uh, your son's going to college, highly national player of the year, yep. national championship, first round pick, second pick to the Lakers. When all that is in public, people are going to applaud it. So. On the flip side, when things go wrong, the public's going to see all the damage, yeah. collateral damage. So you kind of live by the sword. You dive, you're, you're, you're out in public. You're, you're a public. Your whole family's kind of a public figure. Yeah. Figure. So if there's any downfall, any fallout, any any you know hurtful events, unfortunately, it's going to be played out in public. And it's not going to be pretty. I, I think, um, I'll tell you the truth, the, the three boys are going to learn, have learned a lot, you know? It may be, I mean, it, it may be good for them. They, yeah, maybe yeah. good for them down the line. It may not be. Um, I guess it depends on how much mental fortitude uh, they have. And I guess if yeah. if Lonzo's able to carve out that solid NBA career that many thought he was going to have, and then if Melo's able to come into the NBA uh, next year and also have a good career, I think those are the that's the way that they kind of save themselves and kind of distance themselves as far as possible now from BBB. Yeah, I mean, even yeah, I mean, even beyond that, like just the the possible future relationship that they could have with their dad. Right. You know, that that could either, you know, be resolved and everything's cool or, you know, maybe LeVar did embezzle some money and now Lonzo's looking at his dad and Melo and Jell are like, dude, like we can't even trust our own father. Exactly. You know, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be crazy. That's a collateral damage yeah. that you hope is avoided. Yeah. Yeah, that's the tough part where we were speaking of, you know, you like you said, Devin, hopefully they have the mental toughness. They're obviously they've been trained that way. They you know they have a thick skin in terms of the basketball court. They they've been judged, especially Mello. He's been judged <laughs> on the positive side. Yeah. He's been you know called a little shithead by other people in public. So it's 
you know, it, that part is hopefully the positive part where they're pretty tough. You know, they, they're athletes. They, they've dealt with things um, in the public sphere for a long time. So, uh, and, and good, it may be something where Mel says, you know, hey, I can't even move forward with what you guys want to want to do with BBB because we're tied up in the courts. Yeah. You yeah. know, like they're tied, their hands could be tied and it might be something where Mel says, hey, you know what? I might go sign with Puma. Um, I might go sign with Nike because I, we just haven't resolved this. It might just be the best. Somebody might advise and say it's just the best thing to do. So, you know, ho- ho- we'll see how that plays out. And hopefully there's not any more collateral damage uh, between a pretty close, what seems like a close-knit family. No doubt. Yeah. Ronnie, appreciate your time from Vegas, man. Go uh, finish up whatever it was you're doing, but don't tell us what it was. Thank you. I won't, guys. Right. <laughs> see you, Ronnie. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, Ronnie brings up an interesting point. Who the hell was in charge? I mean, I guess in the court we'll just find out, you know, wherever the paper trail leads to. Right. You know, I mean. Because, like I said, the books are open now. Yeah, I mean, it's, Ronnie brought up the good point about the, you know, the email. You know, LeVar, who's supposed to be on top of everything and, you know, in the public eye and and the way he presents himself, he's on top of Lonzo's career, Melo's career, Jello's career, and, you know, has always been kind of, you know, in charge of it all. And then for him to supposedly miss miss out on that email, you know, and for and just neglect it, like, that seems kind of fishy. You know, is I don't know. It's, we just don't, we don't have enough information as of right now, I think, to make a valid, you know, decision or opinion on, you know, who's... Who's to blame, who's yeah. the actual... I mean, you, you could also blame... You know, Lavar from the very beginning, you know, not doing his due diligence and, you know, who he put around his 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 sons, you know, and put in essentially put in part ownership of his company. Yeah. You know, so it's it's just going to be crazy, I think. For sure. And the one big question that that kind of brings up to me is how if you're supposedly the owner, CFO, CEO of the company, how do you defraud your own company as that person? And we have a guy here um, who runs a pretty successful company, Matt Rodriguez, uh, Ball is Life's co-owner. Thanks again for coming in, Matt. We're going to get you closer to the microphone today so I don't have to turn your volume up. You're a quiet guy. Um, you're more like Tina Ball than you are like LeVar Ball um, as far as you, you stay, out of, the, you stay out, of the, out of the limelight and you let other people do your work for you. Um, but everybody still knows, knows who you are. Everyone still knows who the boss is. <laughs> everyone still knows who the real boss is. But what are your original like thoughts, immediate thoughts, knee-jerk reactions when you saw this last night? You texted us in the group chat with with this uh, story. So, what were your initial thoughts? Um. Well, based on what you first said, as far as running a company and knowing everything that goes on, it really that really depends on who who the owner of the company is. Like for for myself, I'm very much involved with everything that we do. There is also you're going to run into situations where people are running a company and they might not be as hands on and stuff happens in those companies. And it, it, it happens a lot mm-hmm. in those in those type of situations. Um, I think. If without blaming anybody for this, you have to take a step back and you have to say, <clears throat> all right, what happened throughout this period of time? Um, you saw a lot happen. You saw a TV show. You saw a brand. And you saw what looked like a very lavish lifestyle mm-hmm. being had. And that happened quickly. Very quickly. And during that whole process, you didn't know where all of that income was coming from. You have no clue. Mm-hmm. 
Um, how is it being managed? If there is income coming from the TV show, is there enough to support that lifestyle that was going on? We don't know. Those are all like questions that people have that are going to be unanswered for the time being. Or they could be answered if this does go to court yeah. and, you know, both sides of it. Yep. Um, but as far as what came out with, with Lonzo, um, you have some hardcore proof there. Like people were being communicated with from a financial team saying something was going on mm-hmm. and it was being blown off. And if you watched a re- recent episode of Ball and the Family, LeVar pretty much says, no, this company's me. Right. Everything goes through me. Right. If everything went through you, why did what happened happened? Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't. It didn't look like somebody was doing their due diligence, and obviously now, Lonzo has kind of split, and he's becoming like his own person, um, which is a good thing. Yeah, I, no I'm, doubt. I'm actually quite happy about that because I just like anybody to be their own independent person mm-hmm. once they hit a certain stage. So. When you look at that and you say, this person's been communicating with them over the course of many months, multiple times, and it's kind of just being blown off, how is it a shocker when you find out like five, six months later? Like it's if they're, not. If they're communicating with you in October, your son comes to you, what was it, like towards the end of the season? Yeah, I think it was like in uh, like <clears throat> the playoffs, so obviously in May, right? Probably around May. Yeah, and that's when he Lonzo just finally had enough, but obviously he was communicating with him ahead of time. Mm-hmm. So if he's communicating with him ahead of time, finally he gets to a point where it's like his dad, like how do you approach that with your dad, somebody that's been Especially in like life. him, especially yeah. like a dad like him who is very boisterous and yep. he's a powerful dude. Yep. Yeah. And it, it takes time to be able to build build up the ability while you're hard at work playing in the NBA, making a living, doing what you love to do. He's got a kid. He has a kid. Um, his, mom has, is, his mom is sick. Like his it's, mom's sick. It's he has two brothers stuff. that he's also trying to look out for. Right. And he has his own business ventures on the side in combination of the ones that he's been pulled into by his own father. So when you when you take all those things into account, you're just like, man, how if, I, if I'm in his shoes, how do I approach this conversation? I'm probably not going to have the conversation I want to have, but I've been trying to get that conversation for many months now, and it's just not happening. Mm-hmm. So how do I approach this? I mean, you saw in that episode that you mentioned, the ball in the family. He said the the brand is demolished, and the ball was like, "No, it's not. It's not demolished." Matt, they're they're selling packages of of shirts, shoes, socks, and whatever at various events at American Sports Center or Misty May Center. It's not Misty May anymore. Momentous Sports Center for like sixty dollars. They're selling it for like they're selling T-shirts for three. dollars They're selling T-shirts for three dollars. How is the brand not demolished? If you're if you're selling balls live T-shirts for three dollars at ASC on the weekend and you're doing it yourself, like, is your brand demolished? <laughs> no, he's that. just getting he's just getting rid of old inventory. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're getting rid of old inventory, but who wants to get rid of old inventory as the actual brand at three right. dollars? Right. Exactly. It's different when when these brands send stuff over to like Ross. Or Marshalls or anything like Nordstrom that. Nordstrom like, Rack or whatever, yeah. yeah. They're the ones that are selling it. Even Nordstrom Rack's not selling anything for $3. Right. Good luck. Yeah. Maybe a pen <laughs> or something. Right. <laughs> but, but, but when you go to like Ross or Marshalls, yeah, you can get like a big name brand like a Jordan or a Nike or an Adidas or something like that for a pretty cheap price. Yeah, for 50% but this is off. literally big baller brand selling a $3 t shirt direct for to consumer. Big for a big baller brand. brand. Yeah. It's that, I think. The brand is obviously dead. I think, I think the regular consumer, whether they're a fan of, <clears throat> hardcore fan of whatever the big baller brand was doing, and, and the folks that were tied with it, regardless of what 
negative or positive happen, they're like ride or die. I think they're at a point now too where they're just like, uh, you got me mm-hmm. for as long as you got me, but mm-hmm. I've got to move on. Lonzo's out there saying the shoes were were not good. Yeah, they he's, were falling he's apart. basically knocking the own brand, saying yeah. the shoe literally cannot do what it's supposed to do. Yeah, and then when the face of the of the company says the brand is dead, you know that's that's, <laughs> that's not going yeah. to gonna help at all. <laughs> it's crazy to me. Um, but what's, what's even you know the lawsuit itself that was filed by Allen and countersuit to Lavar's and Lonzo's original lawsuit. Not surprising one bit. If your name's being dragged through the mud, like I was telling AJ, if a trainer saying his his methods are crappy and he can't train worth a damn, AJ's going to obviously defend himself in some way or another. And this is kind of a defense mechanism that Foster's doing. And he's got a pretty good um, person on his side uh, taking this suit in there. I think one of the most interesting pieces to the whole story is Alan isn't, I mean, as you see him on the show and everything, he has he's not like that quiet of a person. Right. And throughout the entire time that Lonzo came out and said all this happened, he's been quiet. Like, it's almost like he disappeared. Like, where did he go? Is he lost? And now all of a sudden, boom, we get hit with this. I think in a way it adds a little bit of credibility to him for the time being, regardless of his past. Because Why is he that? stayed quiet that whole time. Mm-hmm. He's And he's coming at it with a very legit attorney who's rep- representing him. Mm-hmm. And did he do some bad stuff? Possibly. Yeah. But does he have something in his back pocket that shows someone else did too? Or did some worse? Right, yeah. yeah. Possibly. I mean, you really don't know. But if he had a lawyer that we never heard of behind him, maybe you would lean towards the other way. But now you kind of have to get over into that more of the split of like a 60-40 split of like, maybe he has something. Yeah. Like maybe he has something legit that's that's like got something against Labar in the sense that's not going to make him look too good. And to be honest, it's not surprising. No. No, because like we were saying earlier before we brought you on, before we brought Ronnie on, it's like this started, Matt. You've been around a long time. You've been filming for a long time before you, you know, went into your CEO mode. Um, you filmed plenty of, of Chino Hills and Big Baller, QJZ games. It started as like a family kind of brand. You thought like, oh, this is cool. Like these guys are, you know, they started together. It's about the kids, uh, about helping the family. And then as time kept going on and on and on and LeVar kept getting more ego and bravado and louder and louder, uh, whether it was, you know, trying to take over Chino Hills coaching search or, you know, place whichever kids he wants in the game when he wants, um, it turned into something bigger and it's gotten away from him in a big time way, obviously. Oh yeah, and, and additionally, even to like kind of look back and take in some of the information that we already know is all these big shoe brands wanted to endorse these kids. Mm-hmm. They wanted to be a part of it, mm-hmm. but they set a price that was so high that there was no way a shoe brand would be involved with it. And what would happen if a shoe brand was involved with the brand? They would have to go through books. I don't they think those books need to be things. open. Yeah, exactly. And then, because I, even if they're going to go sell to like a retail brand, they were turning that down because they wanted to go direct to consumer. If when you go to a retail brand, you can't really cook those. It's you don't white, set your price black and white, right? Like they're going to say we're going to pay you X amount of dollars, and it's going to you're going to have P purchase orders mm-hmm. with invoices associated with that, and it's going to tell you everything. Whereas with what they're doing, it's pretty much like a cash ordeal. Like, you have no idea what's coming in, what's going out. And even on the site, 
you have all these like complaints and everything that are going on. It's it was almost like a perfect storm for whoever wanted to take advantage of that situation. That's that's an interesting point because you have experience on all sides of this. You have a clothing <clears throat> company which, you know, you sell yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have do you have it in in um, retail markets, maybe like specialized stores or things like that? Yeah, we have it in like small stores. Small stores. Yeah. Okay. But again, like eventually when you're selling these things for cash, you can't like, LeVar can't like walk into a, a gym and be like, okay, I'm going to sell these for, I got a pair of shoes. Let me find some kid who parents who want to spend $300 and he pockets that himself. Like, you don't know how many times that happened throughout these years, right? Yeah, no clue. And that's not or, good. Or even, even if Alan did that. If Alan if or Alan anybody. Did it or whoever was associated with it, you don't know. Right, right. And now uh, I believe, um, who, who's selling them now? Wayne Marino. Um, <laughs> He was the coach at Artesia. Was he your coach at Artesia? No, I was a little bit too young for that, but uh, I heard the stories. But you, yeah, you knew <laughs> you knew Wayne, and I think I believe Wayne's the one involved with selling the the gear now at the various club events that that are going on. And they actually, dude, when I when I went to Momentus, I think it was in the summer. I think it was the July event. They had a line like out the little like cafe, wrapped around towards the bathrooms. Did you guys know what Momentus looks like? Obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, just people waiting and buying that stuff. So, oh, my, my kids were there. Uh, one of my kids' dads were there for one of the tournaments last weekend, and he sent me a picture. They're all just in big cardboard boxes, and he was like, "They're selling them hoodies for five bucks." <laughs> right. He's like, "Do you want one?" I'm like, "No, nah, I'm good." <laughs> but I'm just like, "Wait, five dollars? My goodness!" He's like, "T-shirts are two. What was three. the regular price before? Like sixty bucks for a hoodie or something like that?" I thought it was like eighty or like maybe even a hundred. No, Definitely 60. Yeah, t-shirts, t-shirt were going for, 60? t-shirts were going for at least 50 or 60 for sure. Oh, my God. That's, mean, that's crazy. Where do, where do they go from here, Matt? Um, obviously, um, there's a countersuit, so no one's planning on any kind of settlement. Uh, is this going straight to trial, and we're going to really get to see everything uncovered? Um, I think one guy wants to tell his story, and I think that's, that's Alan. obvious. It's Alan. Yeah, it's yeah. Alan. Like he got drugged through the mud. I think if they had just amicably split, maybe they would have just walked away both sides. But I think he's in a position now where, given his past, he has to do something to try to get something out of this situation. No doubt. I think uh, I think Lavar's gonna gonna call it too. I think Lavar's gonna you know put his chips in the pot and say, all right, like we'll go we'll go to trial. Oh, you know, that, I just, that's just, the kind of person he is. I mean, yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm just going off of his personality. Like, I think he's going to be, all right, yeah, well, let's see what your hand is. He may you not, know? though, because now if Lonzo is no longer there investing in things, does he have the capital there to go to trial? It's very expensive to go. To oh, trial. well, especially with the lawyer that Alan has, you know. It's <laughs> right. <laughs> like, you better be ready to you, spend easy six figures. Oh, for sure. Easily. Like, mm-hmm. But, I mean. And it's going to be a long, drawn-out process. It's not going to be. Next month will be over. No, no, and if, no. And if that happens, then Lonzo, not only does he have to repair his uh, reputation as a basketball player because the first two years of his career haven't gone as many of us expected, but he also has to deal with this, which is going to further, you know, hamper or make it more difficult for him to, to be get a endorsements. NBA player. Well, get endorsements, and also, and also to money. get endorsements either. Like, I mean, say he does have a good career with the, with the Pelicans and then Nike or something. Like, how do I know? You know, how does Nike or any other brand know, hey, how... Uh, Is your dad involved in the background? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's like. sketchy. <laughs> that, that makes it so much more difficult for um, everyone in the family. And I think the one who's going to benefit the most from all this is Mello. 
I don't think, like, I disagree with that point. Okay. The reason why okay. is because there's nothing negative out there about Lonzo himself. Like, he's always kind of carried himself in, in a good way from when I saw him when he was going into, like, eighth, ninth grade mm-hmm. yeah. to even today. Like, he's pretty, he's a pretty cool, like, calm. Mellow kid. Mellow kid, yeah. Like Doesn't not, talk trash on the court. Very yeah. quiet. Yeah. I think... I think he himself set himself up in a position where even though all this stuff, other stuff is going on, I think he's far enough away where he can just kind of be his own person. I hope so. I mean, yeah, we all hope so. You think people who are going to invest that kind of money into this person, he's obviously a great kid from everything we've dealt with him through on the court, off the court, um, the, uh, a Nike, a Puma and Adidas, whoever is going to invest that money has to have some kind of guarantee written into the contract that LeVar Ball is not involved with this at all, right? Or, I'm sure. Okay. I'm sure there's something there. Okay. Yeah. But I don't I don't think but I don't think there's a there's a constant worry about that anymore. From brands from other brands. Them. Yeah. Because because now he's probably he doesn't have as big of a bargaining power as he did when he was with That's true. Fair enough. Yeah. That's so, true. So now the bargaining power is on their side. Oh, oh you want to be with us? We're willing to do something with you, but Here's all the things you got to follow. Those other brands are going to be more in control, yep. more have have the upper hand. Whereas before, they're yeah. asking for a billion dollars for every B. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> was that was that what they were doing? A billion dollars? Yeah. Wow, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. I think Melo, since he's he's been able to kind of um, be involved in every single aspect of people crushing him, people loving him, people crushing the business. Not really being hands-on involved in the business like Lonzo is. He's he's kind of the guy, like Ronnie said, he's sitting back, hopefully taking it all in, and then can capitalize on what he's learned when he becomes an NBA player, which I think he becomes a, uh, an NBA player first-round draft pick, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure he's a, he's a top-three pick like some were expecting. He very well could be. But what are your thoughts on, on Melo, Matt, and how he should kind of deal with this and move forward with this? Um, that's a tough question because he's still very young. Right. And he is making some money right now too. He is. And what? Hopefully he's saving it. In a situation where you're that young and you've had like the life he's had for the past, I don't know, three or four years, like who, who has been the constant in your life that's, I guess, kept things structured. And in the past few years... Has there really been that much structure? So let's let's recap. He was ripped away out of Chino Hills. They went to Lithuania. Then he played there for a little bit. Then they decided to go to Spire. And then uh, his plan was still to try to go to college. And that was never going to happen. And now he's in Australia playing professionally, making money, which is a good thing. But yeah, like you said, there's no, been no structure at all. Yeah, so I, I think it really depends on how he deals with the structure while he's in Australia. I think he's going to have a lot of I guess learning to do when he's in Australia. I think he's a, I think he's definitely going to be able to do that. If you look at his brother Langelo and Lonzo, they're both good kids. Mm-hmm. I think I think he has the ability to do that. Um, but the, I think the big question is is like how is he going to deal with the adversity of not having somebody control the team anymore and not play the exact way that's good for him anymore. Mm-hmm. Like that didn't happen in Lithuania when it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. So you had games being set up with secondary teams, almost like a JV squad, mm-hmm. in which he would perform very well in. But then when it came time to play against the pros, they had to play in a more structured environment, and he had more of a limited role. 
So I think it really depends on what his role is in Australia. Yeah, they've gone through a few preseason games, and I guess I guess when you play in some preseason games, it jumps you from the bottom of the first round pick to to the top of the first round pick. Right. You know, nobody <laughs> else, nobody else in the the draft board has played a game yet. Right. Um, but you know, we'll see what happens when the actual season starts and see how he plays there and how he carries himself over the whole season. I think that's what everybody's really going to be waiting to see. And they're also going to be waiting to see what happens with all of these lawsuits. Matt Rodriguez, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day to join us here in the closet. As you can tell, it's very hot in here, so if you could turn on the air conditioner, that would be great. (laughs) (laughs) Matt always brings a great business side perspective to all these things, which is why we like having him come in. Um, And he's just down the hall, so that always helps. Um, Let's move away from this. This is kind of a downer subject. Let's move into something that um, is positive about Lonzo Ball. Um, You've seen some videos lately of his revamped, you know, shooting mechanics. Yeah, definitely. Revamped jumper. Um, It looks good. Uh, I'm I'm definitely a fan of it. You know, it's definitely a, a good step in the right direction. Um, you know, he got rid of that uh, kind of like that side sling. Yep, that he used across to do. the right side yeah. of his face. You know, it, it's a uh, still a little bit of a he catches it and dips it kind of low. I think still, um, but overall, I mean, it looks a lot more fluid. He looks like he's using less less overall energy in his legs and you know in his arms as far as like kind of used to like catapult it up there. Sure, you know, it looks a lot more fluid and um, you know, I guess that's what happens when you. When you have time to get away from all the distractions and, you know, you, you feel, you know, sometimes trades are good, you know, as we've seen in the NBA. Yeah. Um, guys go to another team and, you know, they get away from what they previously experienced and what they had to go through. And now they just have a chance to just to, you know, redefine themselves in a way. Relax you know, and play and, basketball. Yeah, you know, and just get back to, you know, what what they really love. Yeah. And it definitely definitely looks like he's been in the gym and, and trying to trying to fix that shot. So, no, I'm excited to see it. You know, I'm I'm just excited to see him hoop. Without like, uh, you know, just the weight of being the hometown kid yeah. coming to save save the Lakers. And I'm, Ronnie and I have touched on this so many times in the podcast. That team was not made up for him to be successful. No, not it at wasn't all. made up to do what he does best. Right? No. LeBron James was ball dominant. Of course. There were no shooters on the team. No. Lonzo Ball needs a ball in his hands and shooters around. Yeah. So that he can find them and, and score easy buckets. Yeah, you instead know, of those easy buckets. And he, he and he needs you know like someone like how he had in high school. He needs a big O type kid. Right. You know, running the floor, blocking shots. You know, catching lobs. Yeah. You know, he just you know it was a uh, it was a difficult time for him. You know, we all saw it. You know, being from here and being able to watch Laker games a lot, and you know now he has Zion. You and know, that's gonna that's, be. That's yeah. I mean you're just hoping that's going to be a uh, an exciting show. JJ Reddick's there. You got he, he hits plenty of threes. Plenty, you know, and then you still got Brandon Ingram, who's you know a very capable scorer. You know, still young too. Yeah, Drew Holiday. Uh, Drew Holiday, NBA All Star. You know, one of the best def- on ball defenders in the league. I mean, you know, a, a real consummate pro right there. Um, and It'd be a good mentor for him, I think. Oh, definitely, Drew Holiday. He's from LA too. Definitely, yeah. You know, Campbell Hall. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's I, I I hope that it, and. I hope that it's going to be good for him. And then being in New Orleans where not the hustle and bustle. You know. A little bit of hustle A little hustle. bit, but come on now. A little bit, but not nah, the same. Ain't, no, ain't nothing like L.A. That's true. You know? It's not the same. Um, before we before we get off here, AJ, I want your thoughts on Melo. We, we d- touched on it a little bit just a minute ago. He goes from 
you know, a, a borderline first round, second round pick um, on mock drafts. I think it was actually like a, a firmly planted in the first round in mock drafts in the mid twenties, I believe. So now all of a sudden, uh, ESPN's draft saying he is potentially in the mix for the top, the number one overall pick. He's very talented. He's a six seven point guard with you know he's a dynamic playmaker, a scorer. He's got all the tools, right? I think mm-hmm. defensively is the biggest issue with this game, obviously. Yeah. Um, what do you see in him that would let's, – let's start with what do you see in him that would make him a top overall potential selection, and what do you see in his game that would make him a lower first-round selection? Definitely uh, his ability to perform in the open court okay. on the fast breaks. I mean, This a, is going to make him a top – Oh, definitely. Top I mean, he can he grabs a board and you know he he turns he could he can launch it you know without even taking a dribble, you know hit the hit the streaking uh, offensive player on the other side, you know and then if he drives it up you know he has the flashiness and the the composure to make you know the right play you know whether it's going going to the rim or you know kicking it out hitting the cutter you know he's he's really good at that um, and you know I I think. Offensively, he's a pretty good pick and roll guy. Yep. Um, you know, I actually played. We my team played against him in the Drew League this year. Okay. And um, you know, it's kind of hard. I was uh, you know, telling my guys, you know, just don't get caught up in it and blah blah. blah. So I'm on the court trying to play, but you know, as you got caught up in a little bit, I remember I, that. I, I, you know, I saw you know, some you of those know. clips. You know, but at I the think s- Ball's life put those up. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, I'm 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 trying to sit back and watch the kid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, because. You know, I'm like, dang, like, all right, let's see what he does here. Let's see what he does there, you know. And, you know, his pick and roll is pretty solid for the most part. It just seems like he kind of, like, ho-hums it a lot. Like he's a little bit little bit going through the motions? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that was maybe the – I mean, shit, I did guard him a few times. So right. he might have been like, oh, this bum right here, so I don't have to go <laughs> super hard. You know? This guy's got no lateral Yeah, speed. exactly. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not worried about him. So, you know, maybe I was the reason why, you know, he was kind of going through the motions. But, um, you know, there's – I think uh, I think a lot of scouts in the NBA, you know, when they see their point guard, they like to see a little bit of uh, assertiveness. They okay. like to see maybe a little bit of uh, tenacity. Okay. Maybe you know on both sides, you know, you know, i.e., kind of like Chris Paul, even like get into somebody. Yeah, get Be into somebody. Dick. I mean, even yeah. even even Kyrie, you know, you know, all all the all the great point guards, you know, they kind of have this certain, you know, this is my team, and sure. you know, I'm I'm gonna show it off, you know, I'm I'm gonna let everybody know. Not necessarily, you know, you get up in somebody's face and talk trash, but, you know, just being a little bit vocal. Okay. Stuff like that, you know, i.e. like Rondo. Take control of the game. Yeah, you know. Um, but he definitely needs to continue to work on his uh, his shooting. Um, pretty straight, but... Form's a little weird. Form's a little weird. and Off balance quite often. Yeah, you know, it, you, know you, you kind of need that mid-range jumper off of pick and rolls. Um, sure, you know, I think he, he kind of goes to, to a floater on his yeah, not a yeah. mid range jumper, more of like a shuffle step floater at his mid range game. Yeah, exactly. In the NBA, with guys like Miles Turner or shot blockers like Montrez Harrell yeah. or any of these big dudes, uh, who's the guy? You know, Jared those lateral Allen, six nine Jared six Allen, ten guys. Right, you know, right? Um, that might not work. No, nah, and and you know, especially you know, and he, of course he needs to get stronger. You know, but you know that's gonna happen if he stays in the weight room. Yeah. But he just turned eighteen, so yeah. I mean, he's still got time. Yeah. But um, I I love his game. I think, you know, if if he if he has his head on straight and he gets the right 
guidance around him. I mean, think about it. He's never really had anybody to, like, show him the ropes besides his brothers. And you his know? dad. And his dad. You know, he, he and it kind of seemed like from what we were able to see, you know, they didn't really have another mentor, you know, older an older, you know, former pro or, sure. or someone like that to tell him like, hey, like we need to work on this. You should work on this, this and that. This is how you need to be sometimes, you know. So and they weren't just, they weren't coached by anybody else. No. You know what I mean? Like yeah. growing up as kids, they, they didn't hear another voice. Yeah, you know, um to kind of teach you things that you might not hear and, from your father. And his last year, you know, at Chino he had a uh, Stephen Gilling. Right. And you know, a lot of people Steph- think Lavar controlled that whole thing. Well, a lot of people think that. I won't get into detail with that. You know, I, yeah. st- I talked with Steph a few times about it, but yeah, I mean, he's just—they just never had anybody else in their ear. So it's going to be interesting to see how how uh, he takes that criticism, how he takes you know uh, other like real players that have been playing pro for a long time overseas. You know how how he's going to take that. You know, getting into their face, getting up in his face. I mean, you know, when he's playing overseas right now, you know, Australian league's no joke. Yeah, you know and. My boy Casper Ware's over there. Right. Casper, Casper was in killer I mean, in college. I mean, you... In high school, yeah, for that I mean, yeah, yeah, so, you know, you, you just see... You're just hoping that, you know, he gets that right guidance to where what ESPN's saying about that top three pick is justified. Because you sure. kind of see there's there are some things that makes him, make him a top three pick, sure. but he still needs a lot of work in some of the smaller details of his game. Mm-hmm. And I think... Uh, I think he, I think he could get it if he goes to Australia, you yeah. know, and it, and you know he he takes that criticism and takes that approach of being a pro at the age of eighteen in another country, um, you know, the right way. Yeah, I think the key to this whole podcast is situation matters. Definitely, if you're in a good situation um, at the pro level, there's a chance there's a better chance it's going to work out. If you're in a terrible situation and you don't you know do things um, under your own power to make that situation better, it's not going to work out. Yeah. Clearly, the situation with BBB did not work out. No. Right? Hopefully, the situation with Lonzo in New Orleans, Mello in Australia, you know, taking some lumps. Hopefully, it all works out for him. That'll do it for this episode of the In the Paint show presented by Ball is Life. Thank you so much to AJ Gaspora for joining me on Late Notice. I appreciate you coming in. Matt Rodriguez, Ronnie Flores, other guest appearances. Um, they bring countless good tidbits and information to the show. AJ, you want to leave your fans with anything? <laughs> All like one of them. <laughs> <laughs> nah, just thanks for having me, Devin. No doubt. That'll do it for this episode. We will see you next week. <laughs>